Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Vince Kramer. And Vince helps you uncover and share your authentic self, what you uniquely bring to the world, and live your mission on purpose. He has brought spirituality and science together in a way that opens you to discovering your own path to living the life you are meant to live. Vince is the co founder of Imagine Miracles and the host of the Miracle You podcast. He developed the Create Model and the Your Unique Purpose Formula and uses them and his uncanny ability to coach you in producing breakthrough results in unlocking the hidden parts of you to discover, create, and live your miracle life. I'm so excited to introduce you to Vince. One thing I love about our next guest is how different his background is from what he's doing now. His changes were a result of what he gained through his betrayal story, which he'll be sharing. I also love that while we usually hear from women, we'll be hearing a man's perspective on betrayal. Also, women are often encouraged to feel and not made to feel bad or wrong for expressing their emotions. So what does a man do when he's been betrayed? Get ready because Vince is going to shed lots of light on moving forward and healing from a man's perspective. Here we go. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do. I am so excited to share with you Vince Kramer today. We, I remember we spoke uh, a while ago and his background is so interesting. And from his background to what he's doing now is very different. <laughs> so first I want to welcome Vince. Welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks, Deb. It's so good to be here with you today. Thank you so much. So before we dive in, can you tell everybody what you used to do? Well, how about if I tell them what I still do? I'm a major airline pilot. (laughs) Um, I've, uh, through my career, I've been a a military officer, a pilot, uh, a director level position at a Fortune 100 company. So a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Okay. So obviously this is from betrayal to breakthrough. So uh, I'd love to know a little bit about your betrayal experience and and if it had anything to do with a change in career. Oh, a lot of changes came from it. Um, Actually, the betrayal was what I would call my third major uh, crisis wake-up call. Um, the first two, 9-11, of course, affected all of us, but I lost a good friend on 9-11. And uh, actually, I flew Flight 96 um, exactly one week prior. So if there would have been one week difference, it probably would have been me in Pennsylvania and wow. instead of a friend of mine. The second wake-up call was when United went into bankruptcy and I lost my pension. I lost 60% of my pay. But through both of those, I just didn't pay attention. But the betrayal was the third crisis wake-up call. And I came home from work one day, and my ex-wife was just crying hysterically. And it took me forever to get her to, to calm down long enough to tell me what was going on. And through that, she said, I'm, I'm just not happy, and I don't want to be married anymore. Well, we kept going a little bit further, and, and she said, I, I really screwed up, and I couldn't couldn't get it out of her what the really screwed up was. But she finally told me that she had been having an affair for two years prior to that. Um, Why it hurt so bad? Well, first of all, it caught me completely by surprise, Deb. I had no idea that it was coming. We had vacation not too much prior to that. and, And during the vacation, everything seemed to be fine. 
But uh, the, the big hurt was, it was that second wake-up call that I, I didn't pay attention to when United declared bankruptcy. I went out and bought a business. We agreed to that we'd have a secondary business. We'd bring our retirement back up to where it was supposed to be. You know, all the rules that, that life teaches us and that she was going to be part of that and she would help me through it because I had a full-time job outside of that, as did she. So what really happened was through the three years that we had owned that business, and it was a tough time, we owned Annie Ann's pretzel stores during the Atkins craze, believe oh it or boy. not. Oh, <laughs> boy. Not, not too smart, right? Um, Dr. Atkins really kicked in right after we bought the stores, and, and it took us- High, high carbs going up against uh, high protein. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So what happened was um, through that- I was gone more and more from home and she decided that she didn't want to be a part of this secondary business. So it was kind of all on my shoulders and, you know, I'm not, it's, it's, there's no blame or shame or anything going into this. It was just what it was. I was working 95 hours a week and through that she started, um, unbeknownst to me that, um, affair, so when I was out working and closing the stores at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, she was out with someone else. And I, you know, once again, I had no idea of it. But what happened was she became, and I, I think this is some from guilt, she became ill during all of that. And she got really, really bad headaches. And so there was times that, that I would go to work at United Airlines. I, I was working in the training department at that time. So I had kind of a not necessarily a nine to five, but I had a regular job. And then I would go to the pretzel stores, finish those up, make sure everything was good to go, and then go home and find my wife in bed rocking because her headache was so bad she just couldn't mm. deal with it. So I would end up taking her to the emergency room and spending till four o'clock in the morning with her until they got the, the headache down. And then go right back to work at United at six in the morning. So I, I was just running myself ragged. And you know what's so interesting about what you said? Shame is the most physically destructive emotion we have. We try to do all we can to run from it, but it's one of those things that it will catch up and get you. And what what people do who are experiencing shame is they'll do everything to numb, distract, avoid because it's just, it's a, such a painful emotion just to, to look at. And how often, how often was she getting the headaches? Um, once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. So um, we'd only end up going in the, into the emergency room maybe every other week. But it wow. was, it was devastating to her. And, um, you know, it's, there was a, some things that probably happened earlier in her life that helped to create the, the headaches at the level that they were. Mm -hmm. But uh, through that, and then, you know, I, I went through months and months of, of operating that way uh, to the point where, you know, uh, life was almost too much. And, and I'll admit, I never, I never thought of taking my life in, in any way, but there, there was times it was like, well, if something happened today, it just wouldn't be that bad. Right. Oh. You were just, it sounds like you were just completely overwhelmed. So she, so she gives you this news and of course you're blindsided. You didn't see this coming. Tell me your response. What was your reaction? Well, well, first of all, it, it was complete surrender. I, I will do anything that I can to, to make this work. You know, things happen. Let's, let's make this work together. 
let's go to counseling, whatever we, we need to do to make it work. Let's, let's do that. Of course, there was some anger thrown in there and I went through all the other emotions along the way. But uh, what we agreed to do was, you know, kind of separate. She kind of moved down to the basement. I stayed upstairs and, uh, just every night I wanted to talk about it. What do we need to do to fix this? How can, how can we make it different? Uh, she did agree to go to, to one uh, counseling meeting and um, it didn't go. I, I don't think the way that she wanted it to go. So she said, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this anymore. So we went um, with that separate arrangement for about two and a half months and then she said, you're, you're, you're trying to talk to me too much. I'm not getting away. I'm not getting to think. Um, and, and it wasn't that she wanted to leave the marriage. Uh, I think she just wanted to be happy and didn't know how she could be. Uh, but I was, you know, at that point, I was still willing to, to do whatever. She, she finally moved out. She was out of the house for about four or five months and I, I can tell you, it was the, the 15th of February when I went with a walk with her and she just broke out crying again. And I finally said, if you're that unhappy with me, if you're that unhappy in the marriage, and she said, it's not you, but I'm not happy being married, that I'll give you your divorce. And uh, we started, you know, I drug my feet a little bit longer, to mm -hmm. be honest with you, Deb. I gave it three more months before we filed and... Uh, still nothing changed. So um, it was very, it was very deep for me. I, I was devastated. I, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. Um, did, I you, actually, did you reach out for any kind of support yourself or you just kind of kept it to yourself? What'd you do? Well, um, you know, I was the, the good macho airline pilot. You know, I can handle this. I can take care of it. What I did do though was I wanted I wanted her to be happy, and so I went out and I bought. She would listen to all the time uh, Jack Canfield's. Oh, I can't think of the name of it now. The Success Something. principles? No, not the Success principles. There was a video uh, or an audio course that he had. Oh, about um, tapping EFT. Something in something in peak performance. It was okay. no, really old. Oh, okay. Really old, but she would listen to it all the time, and it would help bring her up. So I um, I bought her and myself Jack's one week breakthrough to success uh, workshop. Oh, was that in a big white case? I think um, I no, remember. No, it was actually um, a seven day workshop with oh, Jack. Okay, okay, it was supposed to be out in in Scottsdale. So I bought that for her, thinking that if we both went, it would help us get back on track. It would bring us back together. And then, then February happened where she said, nope, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't want to be married any longer. And I said, well, I'm going to this training. You know, if you don't want to go with it, that's fine with me. I can find someone to go or I'll sell it. But going to Jack really helped me because I knew there was something missing in my life. And through, Jack did a, a purpose exercise. It was a guided meditation. And in that, I finally realized what was missing in my life was me. Mm. What do you mean by that? I just was doing everything for everyone else. I had a great life. I was enjoying it. 
um, at that point, I thought I was happy. And so many of us think that we're happy in life and we're, we're really not. And, and that's what was going on for me. I, I thought I was happy. We were doing stuff together. I had a great relationship. I had great friends. It, uh, looking at my life from my eyes, it was per- almost perfect. And the same from the outside when people were looking at us, they, you know, it looked perfect to them. But there was always an ache every once in a while. You know, there's got to be more to life than this. I'm, I'm supposed to do this or I'm supposed to do that. And uh, I'll tell you, when I was about five years old, I used to tell people I, I wanted everyone to love themselves so they could love everyone else. Oh, wow. And then I learned from my father and my grandfather how to be the, the perfect man, you know, how to, to shut the emotions off, how to, how to go out and be successful, how to compete at all costs. And my grandmother reminded me on her deathbed when I was 17 that I would tell everyone that. And she said, I, I want you sometime in your life to honor that. And you know, then died right after. So Wow. Uh, so you felt really me. obligated. Yes. You know what's so interesting? And that's it. You know, is I, I work with so many women and we're encouraged to share and speak our truth. And and then men really aren't encouraged to do that. You know, we're you know, you're encouraged just to keep it to yourselves and man up and stiff upper upper lip and that kind of thing. And how so how did you how did you make peace with that? Uh, well, the interesting thing was in the guided meditation that I went through with Jack, I really, I really needed to start looking for me in, in, in why I was here. Um, and, and we all go through the why am I here, who am I? As a matter of fact, one of our programs called Discover Your Miracle Life is really helping you find your answers mm-hmm. to, to the five big questions, and, and those are two of them. But the, what was really interesting is my current wife right now, um, I had known her for 10 years before the divorce. And um, one of the deals with my ex before we signed the papers for divorce was to go out together to our major friends and to explain to them as a couple what was going on and what was happening because I didn't want people to hear my side and, and think, oh, you know, Martha is a bad person or I didn't want right. her, them to hear her side and feel that. So we agreed to go out and, and talk to our friends and let them know what was going on. How did your well, friends receive that kind of information? I mean, that had to be a little uncomfortable for, for them or um, just unexpected. What was, what was the response? To be honest with you, Deb, I was so numb I couldn't. I can't tell you what their response was. Um, my best friend at the time was her brother-in-law, was married to her sister, so it was really difficult for them. Mm. And uh, they they did a really good job to stay neutral. Our other friends, you know, they kind of pick sides a little bit here and there after the fact. Mm-hmm. But what came of that was one of my friends called me up the next day and said, how are you doing? And I said, you know, I don't know. I'm devastated. I didn't expect this. So he actually said, you know, a friend of ours, you met her before, Mary is getting divorced from her husband right now at the very same time. And 
maybe she can help you understand exactly what's going on with Martha. So um, I contacted Mary and, and we became drinking buddies once a month really is what happened. Just bouncing stuff off of each other and mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, what's going on and what's, what might be coming through Martha's head and, and what might be coming through her husband's head. And it was, it was very therapeutic for us. Um, but more important, it was uh, a divine destiny. Yeah. And you know what? I just want to stop you there because that's the point where we need support the most. And we're also the least likely to seek it because we're we're feeling judged or there's shame, embarrassment. We don't want to be pitied, whatever it is. And I just... Uh, I see that all the time and it's, it's great that you found, you found that support and we could do that, you know, in the form of a therapist, of a friend, a, a trusted other. And that's mm-hmm. anybody who we feel, okay, we can, we can trust this person enough. And of course with betrayal, our trust has been violated. So we're, we're uncomfortable and insecure about trusting, but, but you did. So that's, that's great. So what did that lead to? You know, and, and what I'd like to piggyback on that a little bit, finding someone who is willing to listen until, instead of telling you how to fix it. Because the, the how to fix it just, just brings up so, so many emotions on the inside and, and really pushes you towards, you're already trying to figure out what you did wrong in your life and what, what brought you to that point. Why, why am I such a bad person that somebody be, would betray me? You know? And then if somebody's going to tell you how to fix it now, now you're really looking at what's wrong with you. And, yeah. and you know, I have to, something. I want to stop you right there too, because it's so, you know, when, when you, you picture the stereotypical male, you know, when someone just explains, well, men do this and women do this, they always say how men try to fix it and women just want to be heard. And so it's so refreshing for you to say just that listening and just not trying to fix it is helpful. And I, I hope everybody hears that, that here's a, a, a regular man <laughs> just saying, you don't always have to fix it. You just have to, you know, just listen sometimes. Wonderful. Thank you. You bet. You bet. So what happened from that then to, to answer your question, Mary really started challenging me with a lot of spiritual concepts. And through the challenging, I, I grew up Catholic and some of the stuff that she was sharing didn't seem way out there, but it seemed too out there for me, what she was sharing. But what happened was, and once again, this is, this is definitely my path. I, I started reading and started, you know, actually almost in my own mind challenging or, or at least making myself feel better that what I was thinking was at least more on track than what she was thinking. But the deeper I got into the reading and the deeper I got into workshops and seminars, I learned that spirituality and science are, are so hand in hand. And really what that did was fire that little five-year-old's bug in wanting people to love themselves and, and to love each other and to find themselves. What were so, some of the, uh, what were some of the, the conferences you went to or the spiritual leaders you started reading? Do you remember? Well, I, you know, I, I, I've read Deepak. I've, I've been to Joe Dispenza's seminars. I've been mm-hmm. to Greg Braden's, um, Bruce Lipton. Uh, I've been to a lot of Jack stuff. I was in his platinum program for a while. Um, John Maxwell, I've done some of his work, which is, which is very powerful. Um, Debbie Ford, mm-hmm. uh, Debbie's shadow work was, was very, very helpful. 
Um, and what it did was it, it started to put more and more and more into my toolbox on on bringing things to the world the, the, the way that I was supposed to. And then with some divine guidance, I mean, um, I really learned to tap into my higher self. I really learned to tap into the, that, uh, I'm going to call it the divine knowledge that's available to all of us. And, and the program started to come together. And, and through that, I was able to heal more and more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I learned about forgiveness and we really got a lot of forgiveness in, in, in one of our programs, Create Your Miracle Life is based on the CREATE model. And we use four different ways um, to, to look at forgiveness. First of all, forgiving the person that you believed harmed you in some way, but then also forgiving yourself for that and forgiving yourself for harming people in the exact same way that you've been harmed or believe sure. you've been harmed. And is there, is there, you know, because forgiveness has so many different aspects to it and it's, uh, it's just an incredible topic. Is there something specifically that you did to help forgive yourself, forgive others? Was there something that you did or something you told yourself or what'd you do? Well, we went through a, a forgiveness ritual, really, that we've developed, and and it's a four-step process. But the biggest thing was is realizing that we all have the capability of acting in the way that hurt me in that moment, and to realize that I could clear a lot of that energy just by forgiving myself for the times that I may have betrayed someone, or at least they thought I did, but then also all the times that I may in the future forgive myself if if that comes, because there's going to be times that somebody feels like I didn't have their back. And if I can clear that energy earlier, I'm going into a relationship in, in a lot more stable and a lot stronger and a lot more empowered place. So what did you learn? I mean, what was the most profound lesson out of your experience that you learned? That I was important, that I have something to bring to the world that the world needs. And it's my responsibility to realize that I co-create every situation. So I did a lot of work on going back into where was my co-creation in what led to my betrayal? Where did, where did I act similar? Where did I not support the relationship? Um, and then from there, when I realized that, I could look at where her parts in, in the circumstances that worked their way up to, to that point where it, it was over, and I was able to forgive both of us fairly quickly through that process. Mm. And if you had to say what's a gift that you developed or that you found because of this, what would it be? Uh, you, you led right into what I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> there, there is a gift in every single thing in our lives. And the gift in, first of all, the marriage was... Um, even though I lived in a very macho world and I did it very, very well, um, I lived it with a fairly open heart. And Martha protected my heart through those years until I was ready to open it up further and I was able to protect it for myself. 
And I know that sounds strange, but um, really for, for me to do the work I'm doing right now, I couldn't have closed down all the way. So there was a gift in the marriage in, in her really being there for me to kind of protect me from what could have happened in, in the, the world that we lived in. The gift in the, the divorce was the ability for me to, one, wake up and realize that I was missing in my life because I still would probably be living that okay life. But also in the fact that it opened me up to really start looking for what that little five-year-old wanted and what my grandmother reminded me of, that there was some reason that I wanted that at five years old and I had to find it. And I wouldn't have found it in the marriage, but because she forced me out into the world of me, um, it, it allowed me to to start looking at things and taking chances that I wouldn't take. Mm. Um, one of the things that I said coming out of the marriage, I'm going to try everything. If it works for me, that's cool. If it doesn't work for me, all right, I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to try everything. And I wouldn't have done that in the past. And if I didn't do it, I wouldn't have Imagine Miracles, our business I wouldn't have the online and, and live programs. I wouldn't be doing the Miracle You podcast. None of that would have happened. So that that is the gift in, in the betrayal. You know, I, I always say in your biggest crisis lies your greatest gift. Absolutely. So Vince, what's, what's something you want to leave everybody with? What do you want to make sure they know before we wrap up? Well, one of the most important things that I, I f- want to make sure people understand is you are the only one that has your answers. People out there are going to be willing to answer the questions for you, tell you what you should do, tell you in the direction you should go, tell you where your next step should be. Take that information in and does it feel good or does it not? But you need to find your own individual answers from the inside because that's the only way that you're going to be able to find yourself and that's the only way that you're going to be, express yourself. Absolutely. And and just with people like you and some of the, the wonderful people you mentioned, you mentioned, let's say Joe Dispenza is one. He has a meditation. Um, and that was the one how, how Jack Canfield uh, had that meditation for you. Joe Dispenza had a meditation which absolutely changed my life. So mm-hmm. there are some powerful, powerful healers and, and leaders and spiritual and scientific coaches, counselors, therapists, healers out there, just like you. So uh, so learn about them, trust them. Vince, how can we learn more about you? I'll tell you what, you can find me on imaginemiracles.com for sure. Vince Kramer or Imagine Miracles on Facebook's the easy way to, to find me. Of course, The Miracle You, you can download uh, my podcast off of uh, iTunes or uh, Stitcher or even Google Play. And I'd like, if you don't mind, I'd like to give uh, your audience an opportunity to to spend 15 or 20 minutes with Mary or I and just find out where uh, 
their next best move would come from in our Your Life, Your Way breakthrough session. Absolutely. And that's all going to be in the show notes. So this way we could just have it there so they could click it and and whatever they need to do, whether it's email or a a contact form and get right to you. So that'll be wonderful. I want to thank you so much for joining us today and uh, for sharing your wisdom and your own transformation. Thanks so much. Thanks, Deb. It was great to be with you. I want to thank Vince for being such a great guest, and he's been kind enough to give you a gift, which you could find over at imaginemiracles.com forward slash Debbie dash silver. And of course, I'll have all of Vince's information in the show notes over at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast so you can keep in touch with him. Here's my biggest takeaway. Whether you're a man or a woman, betrayal hurts. It's what you do with it and what you learn from it that matters. Vince shows us how his biggest crisis, well, one of three, revealed his greatest gift. And it's another lesson in resilience and transformation. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, head over to PBT Institute to receive my gift on how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough. Breakthrough.